longer tolerate the aggression of the arrogant naturals. Once more, the plants have come under nuclear attack. This is no longer a war. It is a campaign of extermination. Hello and welcome to It's a Gundam, the episode-by-episode episode Gundam Seed podcast that happens to be the best one on the internet, if you ask our fans. My name is Jeremy. I'm Tyler. We have fans. My name is Zach. Yeah, well, actually, several at this point. So it, we're in this weird position where I am, like, posting episodes that we recorded years, literally years ago. God, yes, we did. So I get to comment on that in the middle of the episode. But also, like, now we're recording after these things have happened, so, like, Yes, we actually have gotten fan mail, like, pretty much every week, actually, we get fan mail now. Awesome. Yeah, like, no, it's... Every episode we post has comments, and I should reply to them. Yep. I did ask a guy which seasons of Super Sentai I should watch, but he replied to me as though I was a neophyte who have never Super sentai before, and not like <laughs> someone who is currently watching Lupin Ranger vs. Pattern. I should <laughs> probably be more active on our site, but I primarily manage the Discord but, but, really but what do you mean to... by manage the Discord exactly? I deal with problematic people, which is great because there aren't any in the Discord right now, so I don't have to do anything. And I make your life harder by giving Ed the permission to make a radio bot. As a, as a quick aside... All I did was mute that thing. I just noticed that I was way too loud and Zach was so quiet, it's because I've been turning myself up and not him. I noticed that and I wondered if you did. Yeah, well, no. No, not until now. So clearly, I haven't been the problem, it's been you this entire time. Yeah, actually, yeah. Because I'm never a problem. So speaking of problems, we're going to be watching episode... 46, Day of Wrath. You stole it from me, Tyler, but that is accurate. I Day just knew Wrath. it off the top of my head, so... <laughs> Three more left, counting this one. We are almost through Gundam Seed, and then we get to the goal of this podcast to begin with. Forcing crapping... Tyler to watch Destiny? I mean, forcing Tyler to watch Seed was the real goal. But getting out my therapy on Destiny was an initial goal that I'm actually, through doing this podcast, pretty good with. I no longer have any hatred left for Gundam Seed Destiny. We'll see if it reignites when <laughs> I rewatch it. Don't worry, Jeremy. I found it all. <laughs> I've achieved like a Zen Buddhist enlightenment about it. It just is. <laughs> it is an unfortunate event that happens. It, it, it just has is. a Shin in it, and Shin's pretty good. It just is terrible. I like the Zaku's in it a lot. Shin's pretty good, Lunamari is pretty good, but other than that, that series is crap. And I think Lunamari and Shin both fall off a train at some point. It has a really cool battleship battle in it. Uh, there are a couple of... <laughs> I feel like that's a weak point in its favor. Well, there, there's also a, a decent fight between Shin and Kira in it at some point, but it's not great. Is it a mobile suit fight? Yeah, or like, it's okay. a mobile suit fight. I was really hoping it was like a fist fight and Kira just like threw a gun at him. <laughs> but Don't no worry. <laughs> it's it's nowhere near as good as Code Geass, so... Uh, so with that... Oh man, do we talk about anything? Should we just get into it? We're almost there. Right? I mean, yeah, no, I feel like... I don't know. The, the only reason we have an intro on this show is because sometimes we get distracted and talk about other anime before we start actually watching the episode. I'm watching Hunter x Hunter. It's definitely the... The Greed Island arc is the most shonen arc of anime that ever shonen. I wow. just got the first half of G Gundam. And that made me really happy. Got the first half? Yes. I own the first half. Have you watched it yet? I'm planning on watching it in January. Okay. Because that's when the second half comes out. Because they released the the first 
set of episodes and the second set of episodes separately from each other. But I'm super excited. I watched the first disc. Is that what made you realize that the Swedish Gundam? We went over this. It was because I was reading something that was like 15 facts about G Gundam you may not know. No, this happened on the Discord. We're now talking about it on our anime podcast. We talked about it on our video game podcast, too. Oh, did we? Okay, never mind then. We did. Never mind Uh, then. Hey, future Tyler cut this. Side note, I didn't. But the Greed Island arc of Hunter Hunter is about a video game they're trying to track down. There were only 100 copies ever made because you need to use your special key powers on it. So you will enter the video game when you uh, play it. So it's only for hunters and very experienced people. The video game is about tra- collecting cards. You need to collect 100 of the collect cards in your binder. And also you get spell cards and any item you get turns into a card. And if you remove it from your binder, it turns into that item. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, this is great. The main characters are immediately found by a 57-year-old woman whose Nen power lets her look like she is 14 years old. So she's basically extreme Genkai. And she's like, oh, these boys have a lot of potential. I need to train them. Oh, no. Oh, no. And this is also created by the person who created Yu Hakusho, right? So, oh, no. Meanwhile, all the uh, villains have also entered the game because there's a person in the game that has the power they need that they're trying to hunt down to hire. It's very good. I Okay. Okay. I mean, this sounds better than... It ends in a dodgeball match. And how does this end up with political intrigue on a boat? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, to be fair, though, like, I've only seen one Karapika arc, and I'm like, yeah, this seems about right, because it's about this underworld criminal auction in the city and all this intrigue going on around it, and it's pretty rad, because Karapika is basically more intense Karama. And also, he gets, like, his own arcs? Yes. I Yeah, no, I dig. I'm trying to, I feel like I watched an anime thing recently. The only thing I can think of is that I just want more My Hero Academia, and I ha- it does not exist yet. I want more My Hero Academia, too. Because then they might release the third season. And then I could buy it. I have done more to support them than you have. So, hey, I own every volume of the manga. That is true. I was talking about Tyler. (laughs) Yeah, no, I have done zero to support that show. I bought the first two seasons and I got Devin, my buddy, to buy the first two seasons. Because I showed him like the first two, three episodes on Funimation. And that was when I got to the point where like, you need to log in and have an account with us. Okay, speaking of All Might, he's got a Gundam. That would be pretty cool, actually. (laughs) All right, so shall we go up? The eyebrows, (laughs) the hair thing. (laughs) Okay. Anyway. All right, so let's go ahead and start episode forty-six, Day of Wrath. You can watch it along. I recommend on Crunchyroll because I think it's going to stay there. It's also on Hulu if you want to pay the Hulu extortion price, or on YouTube currently, but probably not when we release this episode. The Hulu extortion price. You know, the thing is, when we first started recording this, I don't think the extortion price was actually an extortion cost. Nope. So it starts with a recap. Of jackass and nukes. Yep, oops nukes. Um, everyone nuked everything. Um, with their amazing purple nuke light. I'm pretty sure that's not what nukes look like. Well, these are future nukes. That's true. Who knows what elements they use. We begin Sector Z. Lacus is like, defend the... Great Fox. Yeah, defend the Great Fox from the nukes. Is anyone... F- Piloting a core fighter? It's not called the core fighter. It's called the Mobius. Mobius. No one's Thank piloting you. the Mobius right now. Okay, so I'm assuming they still have it on board, but they never actually establish whether or not they do. And Moo is the only capable pilot. Yeah, to say so. who would also pilot it is really the problem. Because yeah, Moo got upgraded to the uh, strike, so why would he bother taking out the Mobius? So Chairman Zal is like, "You activated my trap card, the Death Star," and fires a the Death Star at the Moon. No, he's shooting the fleet. Okay. 
He's just firing right... He's basically just shotgunning the crowd right now. Yes. Calling it a day. And then he threatens to fire it at the moon at the end of this episode. Remember, that Tyler. Out, right? Yes. Remember, Tyler. No Russian. No. He said shotgunning the crowd. No Russian. <sighs> uncultured pleb. I Jeez. don't get it. It's a Call of Duty level. Don't worry about it. So uh, we get the opening. That is Lacus's best outfit. Yes. Yeah, mob boss Lacus outfit. It's great. Actually, I guess the other one where she was like in a dress and basically her, just like her a concert man- dress. The yeah. green one. Yeah, I, I, li- I definitely like Admiral Lacus more than concert dress Lacus. I agree, but also that made her feel like a triad leader. So, but now she's mob boss Lacus. I love this scene of like, look at Athrun and Kigali. They're so cute. Also, remember that one time Athrun tried to stab her. To be, to be fair, he didn't try to stab her. That is he, true. If he'd wanted to, he actually could. Yeah, he would have coordinated that. Yes. I can't remember, but I get the feeling that the Astray pilots actually were in the original opening, but for whatever reason, it feels like they weren't. I've not watched a lot of these scenes as close as I am right now, and I actually like that there's like a little bit of comms chatter that they animate with the Astray pilots. I mean, you, d- you don't no, hear they, anything. They show up every so often. It's just one of those things. I don't remember them actually being in the opening in the previous one. So the episode starts with Genesis firing, hitting a bunch of battleships and mobile suits. Uh, luckily, all the main characters got out of the way, thanks to Izak. But a lot of daggers explode. Lots of battleships explode. I feel like I need to make it the obligatory Smash Ultimate reference at this point. Of what, K. Rule's Ultimate Smash? Uh, no, the World of Light trailer, oh, where okay. everything gets zapped up in a ray of light. But Natarl is able to dodge via Captain. By roll left 35. Uh, By using CGI and animating separate from the background, (laughs) she's able to escape. Well, the thing is, like, they were already out of the way. She wasn't in the path of the beam in the first place. That was just moving in case they could angle it. And everyone besides Rao and Chairman Dickhole are horrified at this. Yeah, even Izak's mom. I was going to say, really quick, I, I have a note here, and I think we already saw the scene where it happened. Where that is, Moo, it's time for some fancy flying, drifts lazily backwards. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that's how he avoids the beam of light. So so anyway, we get a nice panning shot of all the wreckage. Kira's shocked, Atherin's shocked, everybody's shocked, shocked. Old McDonald had a farm, <laughs> and I got burned up by a laser. We get lots of nice shots of just, like, destroyed mobile suit parts floating in space. And you uh, know the best part about that? They're probably decapitated humans <laughs> floating in space, too. Uh, probably not. I feel like Actually, they get microwaved and explode. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, like the, gen- what was it, Genesis? No, this is Genesis. The uh, the other one was the mic, no, it wasn't the microwave. Alaskan microwave. It, it was a microwave emitter, but I don't, did it have any? Cyclops system. Cyclops system. So it's probably one of those things where either it's so unrecognizable, the body is just there, or. No, you're right. They're probably just vaporized. So we see Genesis and the coin of cone in front of it is melted. And Kira's like constipated over this. <laughs> Atherin's just surprised his father could do this. He's like, I didn't think you had the balls. I knew you had the crazy. And so we find out that they only fired at 60% maximum power, and they destroyed about 60% of the fleet. And Rao's like, good job with your death laser. And he's like, yeah. And the chairman's like, of course, if we can't win, what's the point of fighting a war at all? And, and Rao's like, uh ha ha. So we get a bunch of comms chatter from the Earth forces trying to figure out what they're supposed to do. Where's their ship? Where they're supposed to land? And Natarl basically starts taking control and trying to get the situation under hand. Azrael's not happy with this. Of course he's not. He's not happy with anything unless it is new. He's happy evil. with him. he's happy with him murdering people. Yeah, that is true. He's really happy murdering coordinators. Uh, their flagship is down, so Natarl basically declares the Dominion's going to be the new flagship and to form up on it. Actually, she just declared herself Admiral in her head, <laughs> and that's what happened there. She's like, yes, 
Finally, the recognition I deserve. Well, actually, that that very much seems like Nataro, because she's always been fairly cool under fire, so now you've got everybody trying to figure out what to do, and so she's just stepping up and taking charge. You know, somebody had to. So Walfell's like, hey, we should also leave, so we don't get shot by that again, no, since we don't know how it works. And the chairman starts giving a speech about how, hey, they nuked us, we gotta exterminate them, this is no longer a war, it's a massacre. And we get lots of uh, dramatic cuts of the pilots, basically, as this is going on. And we get a shot of Zaf sending out a mop-up force, basically, and the Earth Force is trying to retreat. Recalling the druggies. They say it's a massacre, but, like, the Dominions still aren't heavily armed, all the ships are still heavily armed, and they do they take a significant toll, and then they CGI their way out of there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the real secret of the Archangel, that CGI maneuverability. And Kira's basically like, hey, these people are trying to retreat. You shouldn't kill them. That's that's mean. And then decides to white knight his way into the fight. Yeah, he it does an intercept of some of the pursuing forces, and Atherin is forced to back him up, so he does not get himself killed. It's mostly just stock footage, but it's still pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's also stock footage we haven't really seen in a while, so... And then, so we got a shot of the strike and the Justice. buster returning. And Lackis holding the Haro and still not sure why anybody let her bring that thing on board, but also who the hell's going to tell her she no. She actually has the entire flock in her bedroom. The herd? What do you call... Murder of Haros. I was going to say an annoyance <laughs> of Haros. It's an unkindness of Haros. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that one wins. Lots of dramatic shots of Rouse smirking in this one. If, like, Patrick Zala just had this maniacal evil smile, well, and then I contrast Rao has this, like, I know everything smirk going the, on right behind him. The uh, change I've actually liked the most out of the out of the lot is there's a shot of Isaac's mom, and she's still kind of shell-shocked over what the hell did we just do? Yeah, but I like that shot a lot. His speech of, you know, this is what this is, and all this kind of changes her opinion, like, yes, it, we have to do this because it's our only chance type of thing, and you can see, like, her, uh, her mind change about that. So really quick, we get a shot of a bunch of, like, mobile suits being repaired and, like, everything's a mess, basically, and the Earth forces. I really like, they're like, prepare the hyper sutures. <laughs> what are those? <laughs> I, I, I assume it's like a nail gun, but with sutures. So the Dominion gets a request for backup, but Azrael basically says, hey, we need, we can't be taking care of that. Badgerel wants to retreat, but Azrael's like, no, we have to go attack that thing right now. Because if we let it exist, we never know when it's going to target Earth, or as long as it's there, it is a threat. To be fair, in I hate to I hate to do this at any point in time. <laughs> Agree but with he's Azrael. Actually, kind of right. Because if they let that thing sit there, they won't have another chance. They don't know how long it's going to take it to reload, but they know it's going to take it time to do that. On the other hand, like they need to like they're not going to just destroy Earth. There are still coordinators on it. Well. Zala's crazy. What am I saying? Maybe he might just destroy Earth. I don't know. And Azrael in those shoes would. So he has to be thinking that that's what the enemy commander is going to do. Yeah, that's that's what he thinks he's planning on doing. And so they have, basically they have one option. They have to wipe it out before it gets a chance to do that. So as much as I hate Azrael and I hate agreeing with him, in this case, they need to do that before it becomes a worse situation. Uh, the question is whether it's a suicide mission right now. And, like, Azrael has no tactical mind we have seen time and again. The thing is, if even if it's a suicide mission, if their job, and, you know, there are supposed to be the Earth Defense Forces, 
it is their job to take that thing out and protect the innocent people on the planet. And he even admits that it's reckless here, but it is what they have to do before they shoot the Earth. Because according to his random-ass data projections, it can destroy the Earth. Because it's a Death Star. The Earth is, like, he, he does want to protect the Earth. He's just got really fucked up opinions on how exactly to do that most of the time. That's why I hate him so much. But he's not wrong here, which is annoying. Then we get a shot of all the pilots in the hangar just kind of, like, getting out of their mobile suits. I really I like focus. Like sh- I always assumed that was, like, a shakedown or maintenance thing. Like, hey, this is responding in this fashion. We need to address it before we go back out. Or this is working fine or whatever. Yeah, no, I, f- I figured. I just really like the shot of dramatic Moo. Like, everyone's just kind of going about their business and Moo is just sitting there like, <sighs> I assume I, I got would, no chill today. <laughs> I assume Moo guy already kind of did the normal stuff. And since he doesn't have anybody, like, actively paying attention to him, he doesn't have to be... You know, cool Uncle Moo. So anyway, they're like, hey, we brought a science officer, right? And Erica Simmons is like, yeah, it's like a giant gamma ray laser. It would probably turn everyone on Earth into a Hulk, and that would be bad. (laughs) 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 Also, first, the energy would superheat the Earth and kill all life, but... But anyone who lived would be a Hulk. And so Moo's like, are they going to shoot the Earth? And Walfeld's like, well, normally these uh, weapons are used as a deterrent, but also both sides have already fired them. So yeah, both sides are completely insane. That's why the third party's there. No WMDs please party? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And Walfeld makes the point that the first time I had to shoot somebody in a fight, like it was really tough for me and I shivered. And they said, hey, you'll get used to it. And I did. So it's probably the same thing here. Yeah, I'm like, no one really reacts to it that much, except Atherin, who looks horrified. <laughs> well, no, I everybody kind of, like, what he's, what he's saying is, you know, they're not really thinking about it too hard, but then they realize what it is. Because Lacus is also kind of surprised, and he's pointing it out, like, this is exactly what is the same thing with the bigger weapons. And everybody's horrified. It's like, oh, except God, Kigali. She's right. like, no, no, he's right. I just punch people, so... <laughs> Well, it's because, like, Atherin is recognizing, oh, that's my my old man, this sucks, and Kigali's very much more concerned with the emotional state of everybody else. I like Lacka's waxing poetic, and she's like, does philosophy philosophy? I'm a deep teenager. <laughs> to her credit, Lacka's is actually occasionally deep, but... <laughs> now, everybody in this show is a deep teenager, though. Yeah. <laughs> the teenage aches. Except Kigali. She's, she plays... <laughs> she's a punch-things teenager. Yeah, no, she's very much on the surface. I like Kigali a lot. I do, too. It's a shame she doesn't get to do anything. She knows what she's about. Sometimes what she's about is punching people. So then we get the eye catch. We interrupt your regularly scheduled Kirilakis shipping hour with this important message. I don't actually know what's important about this message, but at this point, it's tradition. Sorry for the late episode this week. I was at a conference about beer, uh, which, hey, quick plug. If you ever are in Colorado and like beer, I'm opening a brewery in, like, April, so swing by. We're Zymo's Brewing. I'm not going to put a link because it doesn't really exist yet. But the website exists, so if you're feeling particularly ambitious, go do that. Anywho, thanks for joining us on this the Pen Pen Ultimate episode of Gundam Seed. We're wrapping up pretty shortly, and yeah, I don't know that I have anything to say about that that I haven't already, 
But look forward to us, like, you know, giving our general thoughts on Gundam Seed and the future of the project, which is totally not Destiny, we swear, even though that's kind of the goal of the show was for Jeremy and Zach to make me watch Destiny. As always, hit us up on our Discord and stuff. I mean, most of the people who listen to this already, like, engage with us fairly regularly. So, hey, thanks, guys, for just, you know being an active community. I really appreciate that, and I know everyone else does too. Anyway, we're going to get back to Lacus making bedroom eyes at Kira, because it's adorable. Poor Lacus. No one gets punched in the eye catch. The Mega Say Say? Yeah. <laughs> that's the best name for a ship ever. <laughs> well, all the other ones made sense. You know, Dominion, okay, that's a little Montgomery. weird. The Washington, the Montgomery. There was one that was the Grant. The Crook was a little weird, but okay. Now, I actually really like the name of Earth. And then you have the Mega Say Say. What? Yep. <laughs> well, that's after General Mega Say Say, who won the Battle of Orbs Gulf in... <laughs> So the Earth Forces start reorganizing everybody they have left into squads to start the air attack, while Zaf starts forming their defense in front of Genesis. The druggies are all super pissed. Maybe not pissed, they're all just like super tense, and there's like dramatic video game music going on in the background while that one guy's playing Gradius. I don't remember any of their names still. Clotho, Orgo, and... I thought it was Clotho, Orga, and... Shawnee. Shawnee, yes. Shawnee. I always forget it. I always remember Clotho because that's uh, the name of one of the Weavers of Fate. Yes. They tell Patrick Zala, hey, in an hour we'll be able to fire. He's like, make it faster. God, that's one of my biggest problems with the uh, with the druggies is that they're just the druggies. They're, l- they're like the Astray Girls, but they're supposed to be more than that. They just kind of are. So Rao's like, hey, should we attack uh, the fleet over there? And Patrick's like, nah. Uh, we've already won at this point. We just need to wait till fire. And so Raz's like, you're going to shoot Earth? And he's like, I'm going to shoot the moon first. And if after I blow up their moon base, they keep trying to fight, I will shoot the Earth. It's fine. So Isaac goes to hang out with his mom. And he's like, hey, uh, have you been here a while? And she's like, yes. I mean, why would I not be? We're about to shoot our Death Star again. And then the world fight will be over. So good news. Isaac's about to say something, but she's like, I'm sure you're exhausted after all this. So I'm going to make sure you got a nice cushy assignment in the rear. After this, I'm going to set you up as a sweet political job. It's all going to be good. When he asks what the second target is, she's basically called away. I really like this, though, because she's like, don't worry, my sweet baby boy. We're going to nuke them from orbit. (laughs) (laughs) That's like your plan, Tyler. Well, she's just a concerned mother who doesn't want her war son to die. He's the only person in his unit who's still alive as far as she knows. Well, no, they they know they know Atherin's still alive. I assume that's top secret, but I guess she might know. Well, she's probably she probably knows all that he's still alive. They may not know that he turned effectively turned traitor, but yes, as far as she knows, he's the only member of his unit that's still around. Although he got his own sweet unit with a brown-haired girl, he doesn't get any lines. So, <laughs> so the moon base has started sending reinforcements. And well, then we get the- a specific thing on that. The uh, three ships alliance are like, yeah, they probably need to change out the mirrors all the time. Because they kind of see they're doing it. But they have a giant defense satellite in front of it. They have basically their whole army there. So it's going to be really tough to break through. And they have no idea how long it'll take to replace mirrors. I find it kind of amusing that you have all of the like pilot or the, the main pilots are up at the up in the uh, war tactical room. war room and all the captains. And then Moo's just in the hangar hanging out with Murdoch. Hey, Moo knows where he's useful. 
Kieran's like, mm. are they going to attack with nukes again? Or maybe Moo doesn't like hanging out with Waldfeld? I think it's more a matter of, because it looks like they're on the bridge of the Eternal. So I'm assuming Moo stayed on the Archangel, ah. so that there's an officer on board the Archangel, whereas everybody else is on board the Eternal. So the Earth's forces start to make their move, so the Three Ships Alliance goes to get ready to take off. Everybody gets on the elevator, but Lacus stops Kira. And there's this really cool shot where they're kind of doing that gravity float, and they end up framing Atherin and Kigali, and they both look to Atherin, and he's like, nah, it's cool. Don't you remember that time I was a great wingman for you guys? It's all good. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. It, that's how, and I was just thinking about that. They're probably on the Eternal because Kira and Atherin's are, suits are on the Eternal. So all Kigali and Maru need to take shuttles over to the Eternal. So it's easier for all of them to group up on there. But I, I just thought that was funny. And yeah, they framed. Then <laughs> Athens like, I'm going to shut the door. Go for it. Yeah, so I assume that look was more him saying, it's okay. I'm more into blondes anyway. <laughs> Blackus gives Kira her mom's ring. It's very sweet. Kira has no idea how to handle this. Like, Kira looks up and is, like, surprised to see the look on Lacus's face. <laughs> She's concerned. Uh, yeah, she is very emotional right now, Zach. That has side effects. So, Kigali and Atherin get off without Maru. So, I guess they're going to a different deck. And Atherin's like, what's up? And she's like, oh, nothing, just I got a sweet robot, and I'm going to be in this battle finally. The Strike Rouge. They finally built it. I, and Athrid's like, like, you got shot down immediately when you got into a fighter jet. What makes you think this is a good idea? Meanwhile, uh, Lacus and Kira get in the elevator. There's actually some really nice symmetry because Kigali, or, uh, Athrid reaches out to Kigali in the exact same way Kira's holding Lacus when they get into the elevator. So they get some nice doughy anime eyes where Lacus is like, ah, please don't die. Promise? And then he's starting to leave, and so she grabs him, and here's where she just has the softest, widest fuck-me eyes I've ever seen. <laughs> Please. And he gives her a peck on the cheek, because Kira can't physical intimacy play messed up too badly. I just Which I actually really like as a character beat, but also this poor, awkward kid. I know. I just, I love the scene that you paused it on, where, like, he just looks really happy, and Lacus is like, what the hell was that? <laughs> Come on, dude. Really? Yeah, I, I feel sorry for Lacus, actually. He leaves, and Lacus is like, damn it, get back here. Meanwhile, Atherin pulls in Kira, or Atherin pulls in Kigali. No, like, Atherin pulls in Kira. What are you talking about? And she's like, it's I trained and stuff. I'm practically a main character. The guys on It's a Gundam have been saying I should be doing this for like 50 episodes now. No, I'm that's better true. Than the Astray pilots. They don't Some, even have names. They do. It's Somehow Jerry she's and two not, other people. <laughs> we have not seen her train at all. How is she better than them? Off screen. Uh, she, did, she did do that uh, fighting simulator that Tall did. And she's got yeah, like, really well for Tall. She, she played Tekken? She's been putting uh, points into it as she's been leveling up throughout the series. That's true. Yeah, well, actually, what class did Kigali start as? Fighter? Diplomat? <laughs> bard. No, I was... No, that's Lacus. That's Lacus, clearly. No, la no uh, Kigali started as a bard because she that's where the she had victory. all her uh, diplomatic skills and stuff, and then she cross-classed into rogue, <laughs> and then she decided to cross-class again into fighter, which is why she's so bad at it. Okay, no, so I was thinking she just started as fighter because there's that whole desert arc, and she's just, like, wielding assault rifles <laughs> and rocket launchers the entire Poorly, time. Poorly, though. And actually, she doesn't really Hey, do she that. hits a Baku. I think she actually blows up a Baku. I think she's the best at fighting Bakus on foot, which is a weird tech tree to go down. Uh, except for Sahib, who can double fit. He took dual-wield rocket launcher. He, he, he has monkey fist, so he can dual-wield a heavy weapon in each hand. So, Kagala's like, hey, I can philosophize, too. I'm also a teenager. 
We all want the same thing, and you guys are fighting, so I gotta fight too. It'll be way better than me just standing on the bridge looking concerned. And this would be a lot better if this was like the apex of an arc for Kigali. But like I said, she should have been doing this from the beginning. So it feels like they're just finally catching up to where she should have been. Yeah, the and problem she's is- kind of been pogoing around of stuff she's actually been allowed to do. That's my biggest problem with Kigali in here is that she kind of bounces around and never really gets to do much of anything. She feels kind she of like a class too much. We just talked about she this. She feels like a secondary character, almost along the lines of the uh, Captain Rambo, whose name I can never remember. Kisaka? Yeah, that guy. Um, so, like, she's more important than him, but she feels like, like they treat her along that same line. So yeah. she's not as important, which is definitely a shame. It's really, yeah, I was going to say, the problem is Kigali hasn't had any character growth because she was just awesome the whole time. The she sh- was already at the apex. And she's talking about, like, her father said, sometimes you can't fight and sometimes you need to. And it's cool if her conflict is finding the balance there, but it really hasn't been, unfortunately. She's always been wanting to go out into the field. Exactly. And now she gets to, again. Hopefully she doesn't get shot down immediately. Because I was like, hey, don't give me that look. You're the one who takes all sorts of crazy risks. And it's not like me and Kira are off doing barrel rolls and spins all the time. And <laughs> here we see the uh, the animation budget making up for those awesome expressions. That was not <laughs> a good scene for that. And so she's like, but I'm not going to let you die. Also, I won't let that guy that could be my little brother die either. This must have been what I wrote that note about. That I is, love the look on his face here. That is fantastic. It looks like confused puppy dog. <laughs> it, it really does, because now he's like, well, that explains a lot. He's like, little brother? And he's, he's like, yeah, he's definitely littler than me. He's not the mature one at all. <laughs> Impossible. He's the younger one. He doesn't punch people randomly. Maybe he should. Bathroom's like, yeah, you're right, I'm not going to fight with you about this. And he hugs her again, and she manages not to hamster this time. <laughs> she just kind of <laughs> blushes and doesn't know how to react. <laughs> so then he uh, kisses her in front of the earth, and it's actually very sweet. And it's very well animated. And finally, Kigali hugs back. Yeah. <laughs> finally, after all this, all these episodes. <laughs> well, yeah. it's, it's finally mutual instead of just one side doing the hugging. Because that, that's what it was always before. One side would hug and the other side it's would be confused. It's really weird because she's clearly okay with physical contact in every scenario, except she does but not she, expect she's hugs. Almost, well, she's almost always the one who initiates physical that's contact. That's true. Uh, also, it's just very clear that uh, Kira and Kigali's parents could not deal with emotions at all. <laughs> so the druggies launch. Meanwhile, uh, some gins launch as well. We get to see some more of that big battle stuff I like between a bunch of daggers and Mobiuses and Jins and Gwazis. Get some battle speak out of uh, Natarl. Isaac gets to look sad at it. He's like, I wish I was out there killing people. Then angry. So we get a nice long launch sequence for all the main characters at this point, because this is going to be the last one we get in this series. <laughs> Pilot is a rookie. Please ensure there's an AI backup at all times. <laughs> See, this just belays Kigali's like, goes like, I can do it. I'm the best. It's like, be sure the training wheels are on. <laughs> we don't want to get this Kigali hurt. Well, to be fair, it actually does make some sense. <laughs> it does. It actually makes sense that they would have those on all of them, but it, it is kind of funny that they specifically point it out. So then we cut to uh, Diarca talking to Mirielia. He's like, oh, man, we're supposed to stop both of them. And one side has a Death Star and the other has nukes and a bunch of druggies. What are we even supposed to do? Mirielia's like, so why don't you quit? And she hangs up. (laughs) Again, there's a very good reaction shot of him. It's like, oh, come on. I I, I, I wasn't complaining that much. I mean, I I was just I was just bitching. (laughs) And Millie's like, ah, gotcha. (laughs) Don't die. Be careful out there. 
I, I, lo- I love this. Like, I, I really like the Arca. When, once he gets character, he's great. Is Millie secretly the best character, and she Millie's just doesn't get enough screen good. time? Millie's pretty good. Like, Tull and Millie's scenes were always my favorite until Tull got decapitated, so... I'm sure he our, also kind of got squished. Well, yeah, that is true. Are Dar- the Arca and Millie scenes now your favorite? No! Okay. Well, mm, no. So he gives her a genuine thanks after that. Uh, and we see Kigali being all worried and flustered on you her. You mean Lacus? Yes, I do. <laughs> Kigali's being worried and flustered somewhere else. Probably. So we get a lot of uh, stock footage out of the druggies wiping out Zaku's. Well, the episode's almost over, so we have to drag it out. So the last two can be climatic together. Lots of stuff is exploding. It's going poorly for everyone, really. Maru comes up to Moo. <laughs> Do you like the zooming X1? <laughs> she's like, oh, there's a woman outside my suit. What's going on? And she's like, hey, all the teenagers are making out, so we need to real quick, too. <laughs> I love this line. He's like, what is it, silly? And Maru's like, here's this plot point that hasn't been developed at all, but okay, now it's happening. It's happened a couple times. She's told him that he do- she doesn't date mobile armor pilots and some stuff like that. And ah. we've seen this little necklace she has a lot, but it's been pretty subtle. And so he's like, so he was a mobile armor pilot? And he's like, yeah. He's like, don't worry. I'm a mobile suit pilot. I'll be right back. Yeah, Nothing I'm... bad could possibly happen to me, Moolaflaga. <laughs> I'm amazing. Let's I'm... do that make out. I'm not too cool to live. I'm just cool enough. Patrick Zalt is like, aim for the moon and Actually, we'll land says, among the stars. He says, aim for this very specific point on the moon. And I really wanted to just be like on the side. So it just like skims the surface. Well, it's, it's because they're aiming at the lunar, the lunar base yeah. specifically. So he's like, hey, where are the enemy forces stationed? And they, he gives a point and it's right between them and the moon. And he's like, we win. We got it. You lose. You've activated my trap card. The Death Star again. So he's like, we just need to hold out a little longer. And Raul Cruz says, like, oh, I guess I'll go do it because everybody else is doing a cool launching sequence. And he's like, hey, no more foul-ups. I'm like, that seems like a really weird line right now, honestly. Like, he's done an okay job the entire yeah. time. I think this is the show that Patrick kind of slipping and also that he's kind of on to Rao. Like, wherever Rao goes, things kind of, it's not Rao's fault, but bad things tend to happen. And he's like, hey, you got to stop the Eternal since you didn't destroy it earlier. He's like, oh, even if I have to kill your son? <laughs> and I do really like that Patrick has a clear reaction, but is still like, yeah, of course. I don't even care about that idiot. Do a, do a good murder on him. <laughs> As he's like shaking in rage at even being asked. It's a cool to show that Raul Crusade can still get the one up on him, even when he's being dressed down. So the Three Ships Alliance runs into the Dominion and is like, okay, time to take off. And we get that launch sequence. I, I like how... Lacus is like, please tell our uh, mobile suit pilots to take off instead of, and then is just immediately translated by Waltfelt. Everybody take off. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's why she has a Waltfelt. She has an assistant manager that can be demanded <laughs> because she is more of the uh, support and morale type. Yeah, and she's like, a bard. Like Jeremy said, we get the launching sequence for all of the main characters. Full name, launching... And then we get the uh, the meteors again, which I think the I always think the meteors are way too bulky. I'm not a big fan of them. I like them for that, but I also like them because they're clearly there to be destroyed and then shoot out a more mobile mobile suit. <laughs> so Rouse pops some clone pills so he doesn't have a heart attack or whatever while he's uh, piloting his cool new mobile suit, which is a Gundam. And the tech's like, hey, I'm sure you know the theory behind this. And he's like, yeah, anything that idiot Moolaflog can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than Moo. <laughs> <laughs> well, because his, his apparently has funnels on it. 
And then Rao takes off like he's some sort of main character and announces his name in mobile suit. Yeah, it's cool, like, mirroring, even though it's pretty simple. And the episode ends, just like last episode, on a freeze frame of Genesis firing, while Rao the Crusade takes off very similarly to the Freedom. I mean, the Genesis firing is kind of a cool scene. Fly me to the moon. No, that's Evangelion. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the episode. So it's a pretty good setup for the last two episodes. It is mostly just set up and a lot of techno babble about a Death Star. But it does kind of do an effective job of selling how big a deal the Death Star is. I mean, it is just a Death Star. So it also does some like character stuff. It does a lot of like... character payoff, right? For all the relationships. Exactly. There's no advancement, but there's a lot of payoff finally. Yeah. Except for with Kira and Lacus, who no, that was that was the apex of the relationship. It, that was <laughs> that one is all is kind of on a it, it's not really developed particularly. It just kind of is. It's my favorite one of all of them. Yeah, to be honest. really, I know it is, but it just kind of is. It's not really developed particularly well. I guess maybe not, maybe not paid off well. What? Yeah, that's what I would agree with. What that relationship is, is Lacus has a huge crush on Kira from that one time she was on the ship with him, and then that just keeps happening. Kira's oblivious. He's not... <laughs> I don't think he's oblivious. I think because of the way it went down with Flay, like, he can't commit to it. I actually think he's, like, got not PTSD about relationships, but, like, some he has an actual trouble, like, engaging in one, even though she clearly, like, is into him and wants to do this he's afraid of hurting her her the way he hurt play no that's actually a really good point that didn't even occur to me no it makes perfect sense especially since we've seen him like ptsd flashback seeing her as play in the past like, i mean specifically play that he was having sex with <laughs> <laughs> they do have similarly colored hair and i feel like lacus is very much what he imagined play to be in personality and viewpoint it, it very much does seem like it especially from early on with with uh, Flay before she goes all crazy. Um, she kind of did seem like that when she was first introduced before her, I guess before her father died, she was very close to that. Yeah, well, and she wasn't, she uh, was a closet racist, right? Yeah, it, so, on the surface, she was very much along those she's lines. She's a very casual racist, too, though. It's not yeah. like, she's like, I have plenty of coordinator friend. <laughs> <laughs> very friend. So, with all the things that coordinators are be better at, Yes. Emotions are, <laughs> you emotions know are every guy is like, yeah, make sure. Yeah. <laughs> For some... <laughs> I'm, just... <laughs> I'm just mad. <laughs> this is not going to translate to audio, but that's no, fine. That was not. just for you guys. No, <laughs> it definitely be, would, honestly. This is going to be like five minutes of straight laughing and no one's going to understand why. <laughs> I'm just imagining some guy being like, give him all the gifts I never had, starting with a 13-inch dong. <laughs> 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 okay so all right so we have duties to get through before this podcast is over starting with high points so tyler do you have one honestly i think my favorite scene and therefore probably my high point was isaac's mom whose name i can never remember like azalea azalea i think that's her last name no it's, no it's jewel, jewel is that's last right name. yeah Otherwise, it would be Isaac Azalea, and while I would not put that beyond the show, the show tends to have much weirder names That's, than that. That sounds like a flower. Yeah, Azaleas are Azaleas are flowers. I so. know. Yeah, so I think that whole scene where Isaac's mom is like, 
Don't worry, honey. I'm gonna put you on the back lines. It's fine. We're just gonna we're just gonna shoot a Death Star at them. Not understanding your teenage son's feelings. The job of every mother. <laughs> exactly. Um, I actually have grown to like Izak really a lot as a character as he's like gotten a character. Well, as soon as Diarca and Izak are separated, they both start growing characters. That's Bad amazing. news. They're together the entirety of Destiny. I already uh, know that. Do their characters atrophy in each other's presence? What's your high point, Zach? My <laughs> my high point uh, is uh, Atherin and Kigali together. The the whole interaction, you know, her saying "my little brother," the whole kiss, the whole thing. Yeah, That's actually, they're great. just maybe it's just because Atherin is like better at humaning than Kira. But like, I love every scene where the two of them are together. It's because they're both very clearly into each other, and Kigali just like can't admit it. But she's capable of acting on it once Atherin forces the issue. Um, I was going to take that, but because that shot of them kissing in front of the Earth, like that's cliche, but also it's Very beautiful. Good. So I'm going to take Kira and Lacus in the elevator, even though it isn't the payoff that you want. Um, I actually think it's a deep character moment for the reasons I talked about with Kira's not being able to commit to this girl who's so clearly into it. See, I wanted to, I was going to say just all the relationship payoffs, but then I knew I would be stepping on all of the toes. So I'm like, I'll pick one and then maybe I won't take the one that Jeremy was thinking of. Because <laughs> I know Jeremy's favorite character is Lacus Klein. It's true. So I figured Kigali Athrin's probably the safe bet. I won't take that one from him this time. Kigathrin? Kigathrin. Uh, what's your low point, Tyler? I think it's Athrali, actually. Uh, he is the lead. <laughs> is he? Yes. In that relationship? I don't know. I feel did, like did a golly would be on top. Would, did you well, see in her yes, but there? only after he started. She okay, would roll that's on fair. Top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Honestly, just like there's a lot of shots of the druggies that I don't feel do anything for this episode. There's also too much Rao being smirky. So I, I kind of did two low points, but I don't think it, either of you guys are going to do either of those. So. I hope. Zach? This episode has a lot of stock footage, especially in mm. the battle, like, Aftermath and the starting of the second one. I wish they would have used, a, I understand why, but I wish they would have used a little bit more in, like Tyler said, with the druggies floating around and in Rouse smirking. There's just a lot of stuff that they're recycling here. And I know it's for the big payoff, but come on, couldn't you have given us something else new? Yeah, I wanted to say all the, like, filler material. So I'm just going to say the pacing of the episode. They're very clearly saving up budget for their last two episodes. And also, like, they're just in a weird pacing spot where they're going to have a basically double-sized finale. It's pretty much wall-to-wall -wall action the next two episodes. So they're doing a lot of dragging stuff out in this episode. The full launch sequence is cool as a coda to right before that. But there's also just a lot of slow stretching to make this a full episode. And it has ends on the exact same cliffhanger as last week's episode. There's also a lot of, like, reminding the audience of the stakes but if you've watched the last episode you already knew it's the stakes also not even really a cliffhanger anymore because we already know what it is it's more of like a starting gun at this but point do they destroy the moon or not zach clearly the answer well, is yes right they destroy well, the moon in the previous episode it was a cliffhanger because they fired this thing but we didn't actually really know what it did we knew it was supposed to be some big powerful thing that he thought was going to do a lot but we didn't know what it was now we know what it is, so whether or not it destroys the moon base or not really isn't all that important in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, I just feel like even Kiro Jesus Yamato can't stop this because it's already fired. All right, so do we want to put a mobile suit on the list? Which ones do we not have we on the list? We don't have the freedom on the list, and it's probably about freedom time. We can do the freedom last, but 
Freedom time. The Providence and the Strike Rouge we don't also don't have on there, but we haven't really seen either in action. They yet. haven't done anything yet, so I don't think we want to add them until afterward, until after they actually do something. Let me check and see if there's anything else that we're obviously missing. Thanks. Let's do the Freedom now, and then we can do the Strike Rouge or the Providence next week, and the last one on the last episode. Okay. And ju- just because I get all these mobile suits mixed up all the time, the Freedom is Atherin's, right? No, the Freedom is Kira's. Well, there you go. Is the Justice Atherin's? Atherin's is the Justice. Okay, there you go. There you go. Um, so we have the Justice Gundam. Atherin's at number one right now, and it's the most comparable thing. And as I've said many times before, I like the Freedom more than the Justice because it's my favorite giant robot in fiction. I love the way those wings work, the way that they like just adjust, especially when it's animated well and you can see it like moving slightly for the freedom to make quick turns that's that's porn to me Mwah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's it's mechanical porn it's no atlas but it's definitely probably my favorite of this series it's a little bit busy but i can see where everything fits it's not like some of the other ones where it's like it's got all this stuff and you're like how do you even like use any of that i i, I would agree with jeremy i think it's better than the justice you know the design is like really pra- practical and functional like i really like that they took into account like having a bunch of individual actuators would allow it to move more easily in space but the symbolism is just so damn over the head oh I just... the angel wings yeah hey, do you remember the wing zero custom yeah <laughs> yeah you know how i also don't like that mobile suit i didn't know you didn't like oh. that mobile suit. i um, like the wing zero i'm not a fan of the wing zero custom the custom's grown on me I used to be the same way. The custom's growing on me, though. Death Scythe custom and Heavy Arms custom, I really like. So I custom, not so much. I frankly prefer the Justice slightly to the Freedom, but... Double-bladed lightsaber and backpack are pretty cool. Yeah, they're pretty cool. I like freedom the, also has a double-bladed lightsaber, though. I like the waste guns a lot on the Freedom. That is true. The hip-firing is pretty... The, like, like, the, the hip-firing laser guns, the uh, shoulder cannons at the Freedom. Let, that's like, I like the amount of firepower that that thing can bring to bear and what it looks like when it's firing. Let me let me caveat that just a little bit. Like, I love everything about the design of the Freedom. The only reason I dislike it is because the symbolism that they use it for in this show specifically is just really heavy-handed. Like, that's the only reason I don't... That doesn't bother me, but that's also because I don't really think about the symbolism that they're trying to go for when they're trying to beat me over the head with it. So the Freedom Gundam goes at our new number one, and I don't think it's going to get knocked off in Gundam Seed. It might in Destiny, but it's not going to. Um, well, because the only one that... There's only one Gundam, I think, that might top it, and I hate that one. I so... really like the Zaki. Oh, that wasn't what I was thinking. <laughs> the, the uh, There are two, I think, genuine contenders, but I don't... I think you dislike both of them, and I don't like either as much as the Freedom, so. We'll see. I'm not sure which ones you're thinking of, but we'll get to that later. All right, so that should do it for this episode. We're almost done, and I'm, like, both very excited about that and, like, kind of sad about it. But join us next week for episode 47, The Final Light, which is not the final episode. What is the name of the final episode more for my edification? Um, To an Endless Future, I think. Okay. Crunchyroll doesn't want to tell me right now. To an Endless Future. Which one is this? The next one? Final light? The final light. Yep. Alright, well, bye! Kira! What, Lacus? Take this.
This has been a Last Podcast production, copyright 2019. For Alex, there was a race of genetically engineered humans. They are called coordinators. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, like, they're physically enhanced in a lot of ways. They're genetically modified. 13 is way too It is, yes. Yes, I was actually referencing a Saturday morning breakfast cereal, so. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, it's not, it's not comfortable for anyone. Well, unless you start- It's bad for the guy, too. Yeah, no, unless you start engineering women to uh, be more accommodated. Like it's an this conversation ar- is over. It's like a genital arms <laughs> We're race. done here. Exactly. No, and actually there was an SNBC about that, too. Tyler, no, I, I know you're editing these, but I think we're done here. No, um, I, I wish this podcast had a stinger because some of this needs to be preserved <laughs> well, somewhere. You can give this episode a stinger. <laughs>